0: A weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team.
2: Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include former President Trump is trying to get his Georgia trial to federal court. Protesters were detained and dispersed by security forces. And a man escaped from a Chester County prison. Here's your national news recap for the week of September 3rd. <music> Former President Trump may try to move his Georgia election case to federal court. His attorneys formally notified the judge in the case of the potential move Thursday. Doing so could help Trump get the charges thrown out by invoking immunity protections for federal officials. Trump has just less than a month to make an official decision. Several co-defendants in the case are attempting to have their cases moved to federal court as well. Trump was indicted for his alleged efforts to overturn his 2020 election loss in the state. President Biden was accused of being disrespectful after he quickly exited the East Room of the White House before the conclusion of a Medal of Honor ceremony honoring a Vietnam War veteran on Tuesday. Biden abruptly left the ceremony after fastening the nation's highest military decoration around the neck of retired Army Captain Larry Taylor, 81, before the closing benediction was read by Chaplain Brigadier General William Green, Jr. Military veterans slammed Biden afterwards, arguing that the commander-in-chief showed a startling lack of respect. At least he didn't check his watch this time, Representative Wesley Hunt, an Army veteran snarked on X, formerly known as Twitter. He was referencing when Biden appeared to glance at his timepiece during a solemn ceremony for the 13 US troops killed in an August 2021 terror attack near the Kabul airport in Afghanistan. Some question whether Biden's sudden departure was pre-planned or another case of the doddering leader being unsure of where to go after giving public remarks. Former Trump White House advisor Peter Navarro has been convicted of contempt of Congress. A jury reached a guilty verdict in Navarro's case Thursday after several hours of deliberation. Prosecutors say Navarro illegally refused to comply with subpoenas issued by the House Committee investigating the attack on the U.S. Capitol. Navarro is the second former Trump aide to be prosecuted for not cooperating with the committee. Steve Bannon was convicted on contempt charges last year. Navarro called it a sad day for America and his lawyers will appeal. The decision comes after a federal judge last week rejected Navarro's bid to dodge the charges. He claimed former President Trump invoked executive privilege to prevent Navarro from testifying before the committee. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is facing criticism from citizens accusing him of enacting policies that made the recent Jacksonville shooting possible. He had a heated exchange with an audience member at a news conference Thursday. A man blamed DeSantis' policies for hurting people like him. The August shooting left three black victims dead. The man also brought up Trayvon Martin, the black teen who was killed in 2012 in Florida before DeSantis interrupted him, saying he wasn't involved with that incident. DeSantis said, I'm not going to let you accuse me of committing criminal activity. About two in three Democrat voters say they'd rather see a different nominee than President Biden. That's according to a new CNN poll that says 67% of left leaning voters would like the party to nominate someone other than Biden. That's up from 54% who said the same in March. While some listed a specific alternative they'd like to see rather than Biden, 82% said they'd prefer anyone other than the current president. The Senate is debating a ban on federal mask mandates. Republican J.D. Vance of Ohio is behind the Freedom to Breathe Act that would ban federal officials from issuing mask mandates for schools, domestic air travel, or public transit. Vance claims the U.S. has tried mask mandates, but they failed to control the spread of viruses and violated basic bodily freedom. Most Democrats oppose the bill, saying it takes away too much discretion from the government. It's unclear yet if Democratic Senate Leader Chuck Schumer will allow it to go to a vote. One of the U.S. Supreme Court justices says he's hopeful action will be taken soon to address ethics issues. Justice Brett Kavanaugh told an audience of judges and lawyers in Cleveland on Thursday the court is continuing to work on those issues. His comments come after recent reports of justices traveling with political donors. Kavanaugh added, we respect the institution and want that respect for the institution to be shared by the American people. In a speech in May, Chief Justice John Roberts assured he is committed to ensuring the court adheres to the highest standards of conduct. Representative John James introduced a resolution this week aimed at pushing lawmakers to amend the Constitution and establish an upper age limit for eligibility to be president, vice president, or a member of Congress. If passed, it would call on Congress to work on a constitutional amendment to stop anyone from running for those offices if at any time during the term the person will be 75 years of age or older, according to bill text obtained by Fox News Digital. The world's not getting slower. It's getting faster. The world's not getting safer. It's getting more dangerous. The world's not getting any younger. And we have a lower bound. It just makes sense to have an upper bound, James told Fox News Digital in an interview. New York City Mayor Eric Adams made some of his strongest comments yet on his concerns about the unending flow of migrants coming to the city, warning it will upend neighborhoods and continue to strain resources. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this, Adams said Wednesday night. Adams, a Democrat, was speaking at a town hall organized by his office on Manhattan's Upper West Side. His opening remarks lamented the financial impact of the city's efforts to house and serve more than 100,000 migrants over the last year. This issue will destroy New York City. All of us are going to be impacted by this. I said it last year when we had 15,000. I'm telling you now again at 110,000. The city we knew, we're about to lose, he continued. Republicans praised Adams, jumping off his words to promote the party's position of reducing immigration and knocking the White House for not doing more. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news.
3: I'm Gavin Trutzenbach with your international news report. Our first two international stories today are coming from the BBC. Hundreds of people have been detained in Ethiopia's northern Tigray region as a banned demonstration was brutally dispersed by the security forces. Four political parties had called for the protest in Mekelle, the region's main city, to highlight the continued suffering in Tigray following the end of a two-year civil war last November. They have been angered by the interim leadership's handling of affairs since the African Union brokered agreement to end the conflict was signed. The protesters were calling for more to be done to help the return of the thousands of people who fled during the war and to deal with the alleged fraud that has hampered the distribution of humanitarian aid among other issues but the interim authorities banned the protest saying the timing was inappropriate and aimed at causing chaos. Individuals who gathered at Ramanat Square in Mikkel to join the rally were promptly arrested. Subsequent attempts to regroup and demonstrate were dispersed by security forces. One of the coordinators told the BBC, We arrived at the peaceful demonstration site in the morning, but a significant deployment of soldiers was in place, apprehending anyone who approached and sending them to prison. Several armed groups have been patrolling the city on foot and in vehicles, meaning normal business activities have closed. Witnesses have told the BBC how people were beaten by the security forces, sending photos of backs marked by whiplashes. Some of them allege that they have been denied access to hospitals for treatment. The whereabouts of some of those arrested was not known, sources said. Those detained include journalists, university lecturers, activists, members, and leaders of the opposition parties. Next, we move on to Uganda, whose National Drug Authority has admitted it knew HIV medicine was being used to fatten up animals in 2014, but did not warn the public. The regulators' senior drugs and inspector, Amos Adamanya told Parliament it became aware antiretrovirals were being given to pigs and chickens to treat them. Mr. Adamanya said that for humans, consuming small quantities of the drugs in food could be dangerous, but the NDA has since tried to downplay his comments. A spokesman said that if there was a health risk, it would have warned the public, while the NDA's job was to regulate drugs, not food or animal feed. A recent report by the prestigious Macarere University found that more than a third of chicken and 50% of pork it tested contained traces of antiretroviral drugs. The meat was sourced from markets in the capital, Kampala, and the northern city of Lira. Appearing before Uganda's House Committee on HIV-AIDS, Mr. Adamanya said the National Drug Authority had carried out an investigation in 2014 into the use of antiretrovirals in animal farming. However, while a report was published, It did not issue a public warning for fear of hurting the country's food exports, quote, if we blow it out of proportion. One respondent to the study by Macarero University's College of Health Sciences, Said pigs that were given antiretroviral drugs, quote, grow faster and fatter and are sold off quickly. But Mr. Adamanya said, this could cause serious problems for humans who ate the meat and became infected with HIV. He said, you are likely to develop resistance to these ARVs. In the future, if you need them, then you'll find this ARV is not working for some. Around 1.4 million people in Uganda are living with HIV AIDS, according to the United Nations. Following Mr. Adamanya's remarks, however, a spokesman for the NDA defended its decision to not. Not publicize its findings. He said, if there was any public health threat concerning the drugs under the use, NDA will be the first one to come out and warn the public, as we always do. Our third and final international story comes from Reuters. Japan launched a lunar exploration spacecraft on Thursday aboard a homegrown H-2A rocket, hoping to become the world's fifth country to land on the moon early next year. Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency, JAXA, said the rocket took off from Tanegashima Space Center in southern Japan as planned and successfully released the Smart Lander for Investigating Moon. SLIM. Unfavorable weather led to three postponements in a week last month. Dubbed the Moon Sniper, Japan aims to land SLIM within 100 meters of its target site on the lunar surface. The 100 million dollar mission is expected to start the landing by February, after a long, fuel efficient approach trajectory. The big objective of SLIM is to prove the high accuracy landing, to achieve landing where we want on the lunar surface, rather than landing where we can. JAXA president Hiroshi Yamakawa told a news conference. Hours after launch on Thursday, JAXA said it picked up signals from SLIM showing it was operating normally. The launch comes two weeks after India became the fourth nation to successfully land a spacecraft on the moon with its Chandrayaan-3 mission to the unexplored lunar south pole. Around the same time, Russia's Luna 25 lander crashed while approaching the moon. Two earlier lunar landing attempts by Japan failed in the last year. SLIM is set to touch down on the near side of the moon, close to Mare Nectaris, a lunar sea that, when viewed from Earth, appears as a dark spot. Its primary goal is to test advanced optical and image processing technology. After landing, the craft aims to analyze the composition of olivine rocks near the sites in search of clues about the origin of the moon. No lunar rover is loaded on SLIM. I'm Gavin Trutzenbach, And that was your international news report.
4: I'm Riley Adams with your local news from Fox 29. The search for desperate and dangerous convicted murderer has been moved and expanded as he remains on the run after a fifth confirmed sighting since the prison escape in Chester County last week. Officials say 34-year-old Danilo Cavalcante was spotted on trail camera footage walking around Longwood Gardens Monday night. Police say they conducted an hours-long search of the area, but were unsuccessful in locating or capturing the fugitive. As the search extends several days, with even more resources being called in to help bring the manhunt to an end, the escaped killer was seen entering the property at around 8:21 p.m. and exited south around 9:33 p.m. According to authorities, who believe he is still in Pennsylvania as of Tuesday morning, when officials say his appearance has not changed. Video from the sighting shows the fugitive with a backpack, back. Sling- duffel bag, and a hooded sweatshirt obtained since the last sighting. Police swarmed two different locations in Pocopson Township and nearby Birmingham Township on Tuesday night following a pair of reported sightings. Authorities did not confirm if the reported sightings of Cavacante were legitimate, but the massive police presence suggested that that the alerts were being taken seriously. Prison officials gave a detailed timeline of the convicted killer's escape in a press conference Wednesday afternoon stating a tower officer did not see nor report Cavacante's escape. Climbing a wall in the exercise yard followed by pushing through razor wire running across the roof and threw more razor while in exiting the prison. Pennsylvania State Police took the lead role in the search Monday, confirming there had been four f- confirmed sights of Cavacontes prior to Monday night. A trooper spotted the fugitive Sunday morning, but was also unable to capture the fugitive after a brief chase due to terrain in the area. Officials continue to ask residents to be vigilant, checking surveillance video, and being aware of any activity in the area. They are also asking families returning from Labor Day vacation to be cautious and contact them if anything seems unusual. From NBC10, Swimmers in multiple locations along the Jersey Shore had to be pulled in from the waves over the Labor Day weekend due to powerful rip currents that dragged them out of sea, leaving at least two people dead. Beaches were packed for the holiday weekend, even as experts warned of the dangerously strong rip currents. A chief lifeguard in the Ocean County town of Belmar said that conditions were so rough over the weekend, several swimmers had to be rescued. Five people were pulled to safety, according to rescue teams. A sixth person was taken from the water, but did not survive. In nearby Seaside Park, it was another red flag day, meaning no swimming. Lifeguards were working to keep beachgoers out of the ocean As witnesses said, they saw a number of similar rescues over the course of the weekend. Many said that the rescues occurred after 6 p.m. when lifeguards are no longer on duty to keep people out of the water. A police boat was patrolling the waters off Seaside Park Monday evening, the same beach where officials said they assisted in 10 emergencies over the holiday weekend, with the last one turning tragic as one person died. From 6ABC Doan Academy introduces its first head of school in 50 years with a traditional ceremony. Canoeing in the river is a yearly tradition for Doan Academy students and staff. A group of staff and senior students kick off the new year with this event, and this time they have something extra to celebrate. The ceremony introduced the school school members to their new head of school, Erin Mayo. Mayo is the first woman to hold the position in the last 50 years of the Academy's history. Mayo rode in in a canoe with students and staff, receiving warm welcomes with cheers from those watching. With this new position, Mayo intends to lead Doan Academy and its students to a bright future. As this milestone was achieved for her, Mayo sees a path for future female leadership in schools. From CBS3, all lanes of Route 70 at Route 41 slash Circle 154 in Cherry Hill have reopened after Tree service truck crashed into a dentist's office, the New Jersey Department of Transportation said. The truck plowed into the dentist's office and then burst into flames. The office manager of Lakeview Dental Care was thrown to the ground from the impact. Her colleague said the desk likely saved her life. It was lunchtime, the waiting room was empty, and most of the workers inside Lakeview Dental Care were out to lunch. But the manager was in her office when all of a sudden a truck lost control and burst into the building. Canali says another worker was able to pull her colleague from underneath the desk as the bar Bartlett Tree Experts truck crashed into the office, leaving the driver trapped behind the wheel. Julian says the driver was rescued and rushed to Jefferson Hospital in Philadelphia with significant burns. The dental office sustained smoke and water damage and part of the ceiling collapsed. And amazingly, the office manager only suffered some lacerations and injured her wrist. Witnesses say the driver was all over the road before losing control, but it's still unclear what caused the crash. It's under investigation. No other injuries have been reported in the crash. I'm Riley Adams, and that was your local news.
5: I'm Aiden Doherty with your Rowan News. Rowan Radio eighty-nine point seven WGLS FM earned four nominations on Wednesday in the audio competition for the Pinnacle Awards presented by College Media Association. The Rowan Report is a finalist for the best audio newscast among schools with at least ten thousand students, produced by Rowan Radio News Director Allison Bruce and the Rowan Radio News Department. The Rowan Report is a weekly recap of the week's top news stories. Elsewhere, the Rowan Report Election Night Special received finalist recognition for the best audio special event cover. The program recapped key issues for voters and provided live updates on important election races around the country. Previously, the program achieved accolades from the Communicator Awards and the Hermes Creative Awards. Mother's Needs is a finalist nominee for the best podcast. Nicholas Denisi and Holly Johns produced a piece about hardships faced by single mothers including domestic abuse and financial strain. Created in a Rowan University radio production course taught by Rowan Radio Assistant Station Manager Leo Kirshner, the program won multiple awards over the past year from Broadcast Education Association the Communicator Awards, and the Hermes Creative Awards. The Rowan Radio Sports Review garnered finalist honors for Best Audio Sports Cast, Hosted by former Rowan Radio Sports Director Danny Ryan, the Rowan Sports Review recaps important stories about prof sports and features interviews with Rowan University student-athletes. Winners will be announced on Tuesday, October 31st in Atlanta, Georgia, during the 2023 Associated Collegiate Press College Media Association National College Media Convention. Rowan University started its centennial celebration over Labor Day weekend as freshmen and returning students arrived on campus and Dr. Ali Hushmand hosted the annual President's Welcome and Picnic. After settling into residence halls, members of the class of 2027 helped the university kick off its centennial year with the annual President's Welcome and Picnic. The celebration took place Monday, September 4th, the university's official birthday on the university green. Students were joined on the green by President Ali Hushmand and spirited upperclassmen. As the proud of the profs played the alma mater, Reagan passed the torch of knowledge to Ishage. The torch passing signified the induction of the new class into Rowan's community of scholars. Your presence here enriches our community, and we can't wait to witness the incredible impact you'll make, Reagan told the class. We couldn't be more excited to have you as part of the Rowan family. I'm Ian and that was your Rowan News.
2: That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team.
1: I'm Jack Miller for The Rome Report with your news from the professional sports world. The NFL season returned this past week as the Detroit Lions traveled down to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs for the first game of the 2023 NFL season on Thursday night. It was a great battle between the two teams, but the Lions came away with the victory. The Chiefs were without their star tight end Travis Kelsey on Thursday, but it appears that Kelsey and fans can breathe a sigh of relief. Kelsey seems to have avoided structural damage to his knee, and the NFL Network has reported that he is dealing with a bone bruise. The injury occurred during Monday's practice. Thankfully, it's nothing too serious and not season-ending, as most knee injuries lead to the athlete not playing for about a year. Sticking with the Kansas City Chiefs, their star defensive tackle Chris Jones is set to enter the final year of his four-year $80 million contract, and per CBS Sports, he's made it clear how important securing his next deal is with his actions. He skipped the Chiefs' mandatory minicamp this offseason, did not report to training camp in the summer, and now missed Kansas City's Week 1 matchup against the Detroit Lions. While Jones did not play Thursday night, He claimed Wednesday that he could suit up if a deal got done in the 11th hour, but he didn't since no deal has been done. Quote, if a deal gets done, I can be out there on Thursday, Jones said via The Athletic. I really can't talk about it. Hopefully we can get something worked out. End quote. We'll see if this holdout affects the rest of the Chiefs season this year and potentially even their playoff chances. Now moving out to the West Coast, the San Francisco 49ers and Nick Bosa have agreed to terms on a five-year, $170 million contract extension with $122.5 million guaranteed, a league source confirmed making the all-pro edge rusher the highest paid defensive player in NFL history. At an average of $34 million annually, Bosa's contract surpasses Los Angeles Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald's deal at $31.7 million per year as the most for a defensive player. Bosa, who is 25 years old, has sat out for all the team's workouts, whether it be voluntary or mandatory this offseason. The pass rusher is expected to play in the team's season opener this Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Continuing with football, edge rusher Carl Nass, Nassib, the NFL's first openly gay player to play in a regular season game, announced his retirement on Wednesday. Nassib came out in 2021 while with the Las Vegas Raiders. He spent last season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He posted his retirement on Twitter, and this is what he had to say. This is a bittersweet moment for me, but after seven seasons and just over 100 NFL games, I am officially retiring from football to focus on my company race. It really feels like just yesterday, starting out as a walk on at Penn State. Football has given me more than I have ever could have imagined. I can truly hang up my helmet for the last time knowing I gave it everything I had. Growing up, I loved how fun football was. I love the pursuit of perfection. I love the small window where every player has to chase their dreams. It makes it all the more exciting if you get there. It was always my dream to play in the NFL, even as a walk-on, and I really feel like the luckiest guy on the planet. A great career for the defensive end, but it looks like he's going to move on from football and work on bigger and better things. Again, I'm Jack Miller for the Roan Report with your news from the professional sports world.
6: I'm Megan Steckler with your Roan Report Business Update. Wall Street is opening with stocks lower to begin Thursday. Unemployment numbers came in lower than expected, although investors feared this could make the Federal Reserve think twice about calming its tight monetary policy. Jobless claims came in at 216,000 against expectations of 230,000. At the opening bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the S&P 500, and the NASDAQ were all trading lower. Car insurance costs are increasing for hundreds of thousands of American drivers, with with some states seeing increases above 50% in the past year. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, car insurance for U.S. drivers in July was 16% more expensive than in July 2022 and 70% more expensive than in 2013. States prone to climate disasters have seen some of the steepest auto rate hikes. A driver's auto bill can increase because of where they live or because repair services they haven't used are becoming more expensive. Even socioeconomic factors like a blue versus white-collar job, or your education level can affect your rate. From fake Taylor Swift tickets to promises of student loan forgiveness, scammers are tapping into the latest trend to target consumers. Some of the top fraud schemes seen this summer are the following. Taylor Swift fans eager to buy tickets may have found they were conned. Summer vacationers finding the rental listings for both short and long-term stays were not legitimate. And borrowers hoping for student loan relief falling prey to scams. Common warning signs include aggressive advertising language big promises, and requests for login or other confidential personal information. Experts say the best offense is a good offense. Keep your personal information to yourself. Do not share your address, social security, or credit card numbers unless you are certain the website or app is legitimate. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report.
0: I'm Elle Lawton, and this is your entertainment news. A report in The Rolling Stone is taking aim at The Tonight Show workplace and its host, Jimmy Fallon. The feature story cites former staffers who accuse 48-year-old Fallon of erratic behavior that he seems drunk and the show's workplace is toxic. It added that staff dealt with, quote, good Jimmy days and bad Jimmy days, and that Fallon had unexpected outbursts, which affected their workday depending on his mood. Back in 2017, Fallon denied claims to The New York Times about his drinking habits, saying he couldn't do his job if he was drinking every night. Actor Danny Masterson has been sentenced to 30 years in prison. Attorney Reinhold Mueller thanked those that brought the case to court. Their attorney is saying
2: that these women displayed tremendous strength and bravery by coming forward to law enforcement and participating directly in two grueling criminal trials.
0: The 47-year-old
2: former star
0: of That 70s Show was found guilty in late May of two counts of forcible rape. Thursday afternoon, Masterson's legal team asked the judge for a new trial but were rejected. Sentencing immediately followed victim impact statements. An arrest warrant is being issued again for the man accused of stalking TV talk show host Drew Barrymore. 43-year-old Chad Michael Bousteau didn't show up in Southampton to get fitted for a court-ordered GPS monitor last Friday, so a judge issued a bench warrant for his arrest. Back on August 25th, Bousteau pleaded not guilty to stalking charges after allegedly going door-to-door looking for Drew Barrymore's home in the Hamptons. The nominees for this year's CMA Awards are being revealed. Those nominated for Entertainer of the Year include Luke Combs, Chris Stapleton, Carrie Underwood, Morgan Wallen, and Lainey Wilson. The nominees for New Artist of the Year are Zach Bryan, Jelly Roll, Parker McCollum, Megan Moroney, and Haley Witters. The CMA Awards take place on November 8th in Nashville. The home where Marilyn Monroe lived and died is facing demolition. The property on a tree-lined cul-de-sac in the upscale Brentwood neighborhood on the west side of Los Angeles was purchased in 2017 for $8.3 million. The current owners want to demolish the home, outbuildings, and the swimming pool. Fans and historians are hoping to change their minds. Los Angeles planning officials have not yet approved the permit for demolition as they hear requests for preserving the estate as an icon of Hollywood history and architecture. It was built in the 1920s and Monroe's body was found inside the home in 1962 after she died of a drug overdose. Marvel actor Jonathan Majors' domestic violence trial is being delayed. It was set to begin in New York City Wednesday, but was rescheduled for next Friday, the 15th. Majors is charged with assaulting his then-girlfriend in March in New York City, causing bruising to her head and neck. The 33-year-old actor told police it was her who attacked him, but a judge issued a temporary order of protection for the woman. If convicted of the misdemeanor charge, Majors could get a year behind bars. Drake's new album has a release date. The Canadian rapper took to social media on Wednesday to announce that For All the Dogs will drop Friday, September 22nd. It'll be Drizzy's eighth studio album, and he's currently on a tour with fellow rapper 21 Savage. I'm El Lawton, and that was your entertainment news.
2: And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Ally Bruce. Have a great day.